0: I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest. We're talking a vibrant personality, positive energy, a philanthropic heart, and an entrepreneurial spirit. Barbara Majeski was a married stay at home mom, raising three kids in the suburbs of New Jersey and living what she believed to be the good life. In the summer of 2015, things began to unravel. Barbara's marriage came to a devastating end, and in the midst of grappling with her new reality, Barbara was handed a stage three cancer diagnosis. Barbara vowed that if she beat cancer and got another shot at life, she would live bigger, better, and bolder, with greater purpose, meaning, and intent. After two years of treatment, recovery, and divorce, Barbara began pursuing her dream career in media and launched an online community united in personal growth, purpose, and authenticity. Listen as we talk about self-care, pivoting, growth, purpose, and authenticity. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a personal branding expert and photographer. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about personal branding, personal development, and life overall in the Second Phase What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build a business from the ground up when I was terrified to put myself out into the world. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now, grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. Barbara Majeski, welcome to the Second Phase podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to be, I'm excited for you to be here. Um, Will you please tell the listeners just a little bit about you and
1: what your backstory is? Sure. Um, You know, my name is Barbara Majeski. I have three kids high school, middle school, and elementary school two boys and a girl. Um, In my 20s, my early 20s, I launched a sales company, a sales and marketing company um, that did very well for itself. I had a lot of hotspot, as they say, or (laughs) a lot of courage in the. Um, in my 20s, because I always wanted to take care of my special needs brother. So um, it kind of gave me a little bit of an edge to kind of go for something big. So I was my 20s. By the time I was 30, I'd actually taken over as his legal guardian and um, was pregnant with my first child and decided to retire and be a stay-at-home mom and support my uh, husband's business. So um, uh, fast forward, uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom for uh, 13 years. I have three children. Um, And in 2015, um, my marriage actually came to a screeching halt. Um, And uh, 12 weeks later, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. So uh, while my marriage was uh, unfolding and unraveling, I was in uh, marriage therapy and then had to start chemotherapy. So I went through a really difficult period, a really dark period um, that... Uh, put my whole life on hold. Uh, 2016, I was, um, I had stage three colon cancer. I was 42 years old with three young kids. Um, and I always like to share that because I think colon cancer, the face of colon cancer is a lot different now. Uh, it doesn't look like your grandfather's disease. It looks a lot like me. It looks a lot like you are actually our, con- our contemporaries. So yeah, uh, it was re- everyone was really surprised, <laughs> including myself when I got the diagnosis. So, um, I always encourage people to get screening because it's now at 45. Um, Or if you have a medical history, it's even younger. So I went through six months of chemotherapy and marriage therapy at the same time. And it was a really just my whole life was on hold. I struggled with chemo. Um, some people, you know, exercise through chemo or work like they it's like, they just lose their hair and I see them at yoga and I'm like, okay, that'll be me. Uh, I, that was not me, which really surprised me. I actually struggled to drive a car cause I couldn't concentrate and I got violently ill throughout the whole process. I was such a hot mess. um, you know, just to move the story along, when I finished my chemo um, and I went through another year of just resetting and rebalancing, I really kind of took stock of my life and realized that my marriage was not salvageable, Um, but my life was, and I was given a second shot. And I decided to, you know, go forward with my divorce and also in that same vein, go forward with living my best life. Um, I felt like I was given a second shot. Uh, It was so fortunate to be diagnosed, and some people are like, wow, that really sucks that you were a stage three and you had all this. I'm like, I lived, and and now not only did I live, I'm really living with a new sense of purpose, not a new, a renewed, let me say that, a renewed sense of purpose and um, a new sense of vigor of like, wow, life is good. Even through, you know, even when it's bad, it's still a gift. So um, where you need me today is I, you know, in 20, um, it's 2020 now, Um, but in 2018, I decided I wanted to go into (laughs) media. I decided one of my lifelong dreams is to go on television. Um, and where you meet meeting me today is I do lifestyle and entertainment on television. I will pretty much do anything anybody asks me for an opportunity to be in a studio, to talk to a live audience, to connect with people. And that's where I am today. I've been on the Today Show, New York Live, Good Day New York, Insight Edition, um, Fox and Friends, I don't know, The Jam in Chicago. Um, and I am absolutely loving every opportunity I, I, I have launched a podcast and that's me in a nutshell. And your podcast is called Bearing It All. Yeah, my podcast is Bearing It All and it's all about peeling back the glamour and talking about the grit. You know, we see people's social media, their highlight reel, including myself. Like you look at like my highlight reel on social media, you must be thinking I always look like I have my makeup done and my hair, and I'm this and that, and I have, and the truth is, you know, that's what social media is. It's your highlight reel, but I think it's so important to talk about the grit behind the glamor, and I love people's backstories. I'm obsessed with sharing not only, you know, theirs, but mine as all mine as well, because I don't want people to be disillusioned. I want people to be inspired by, hey, listen, I'm 46 years old, I'm turning 47 on the 22nd of April, and um, I'm going for it. I'm putting myself out there, age, history, whatever. Um, And that's what the podcast is about. And that's really what I'm about is, um, and what your podcast is about. It's about a second act. It's about really grabbing life by the horns and realizing that your next chapter is always your best chapter. And you have to really put fear aside and channel that into rocket fuel to get what you want. So, um, yeah, that's my, my podcast. I love it. Um, right now it's a little bit on hold because we are in COVID-19 as we speak. So we're in, we haven't even peaked yet. So, um, you know, uh, I'm focused on my three kids and homeschooling <laughs> three levels I don't even know. I I don't even, I can't, we we won't even go there, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) I
0: think we're all feeling that same sense of overwhelm and the unknowns and unexpecteds and then trying to throw school on top of that when we're so far removed from the
1: way these kids learn these days. (laughs) And I don't know about you, it's so true. I feel a profound sense of grace and gratitude for all the people that play these roles in my life that I think I didn't have enough connectivity to, and I'm kind of ashamed of it, but I won't let that happen again. And I won't be, you know, I'll no longer not look people in the eye. Uh, I will always sincerely thank people, whether they're doing my nails, doing my hair, driving me in a cab. Um taking out my you know picking out my garbage, I have like this whole new sense of understanding of their value in my life mm-hmm. and I'm really really grateful for it and that goes for educators like are you kidding me? I had the nerve to critique an educator ever
0: <laughs> I know right look at yeah, how they have. You know, we're going to talk more about pivoting as we get into this episode, but they, I think teachers are a primary example of that right now to have their, their classrooms literally uprooted from them and have to create completely from scratch and do it online. How in the world do you man, do you manage 20 plus kids on zoom?
1: (laughs) I can't even. I sent an email out because I am um, my class uh, communication director, whatever, for my daughter's uh, second grade class. And at the end of week two, I sent an email and it was nothing more saying how much I am grateful that they are pivoting and we recognize that they were never trained to do this, yet they've stepped up. And it gives me chills to see these women every day on Zoom navigating a ship they never learned to captain and doing it with a positive attitude, being very earnest in their attempts, are they making mistakes I don't know if they're making mistakes. what I know what they are doing is they are doing and they are mm-hmm. trying and they're giving their best effort under such strain like we don't have access to these teachers back st- we don't know what they're battling we don't know what kind of fear and anxiety and family pressures they're undergoing, yet they show up every day at ten o'clock on their little zoom call talking about <laughs> the birds and <laughs> the uh, flowers and like happy. I'm like, I'm like, listen, I said, you will get no judgment. My, I am not here to have an academic trajectory for my child to go from second grade to not, you know, I, I could care less if she learns in proper fractions right now. Um, but the really, I have such true respect and appreciation now for everybody. And I will never go back. I will never, never go back to who I was. I'm, I'm embarrassed. And I think it, this was a good human wake up call of like, you don't, you don't think that person's important. Let me take them away from you. Because if you saw my damn nails right now, my toes, you would be like, you need that person. (laughs) And that's like, I mean, I'm joking around, but it's like just how dismissive sometimes we are and it's embarrassing and it's not, it is shameful. And we, we are all learning We're getting a lot out of this if we allow it in, so.
0: Yeah, I think gratitude is is one of, gratitude and compassion are the two strongest, most powerful words in anyone's vocabulary right now because Mm -hmm. they're things that so many of us go through every single day and the mundane, ridiculous things bother us or annoy us or frustrate us and now it's oh, for sure. so much in perspective yeah. it's like there's dirty dishes all day long in my house you know it's like the kitchen's this revolving <laughs> door and it's like oh well we'll get to it when we get to it because I can't sweat over the small
1: stuff right you can and you know just like we were talking about you know um you know, our, before we got on the call just about graduations and ceremonies and things. I read on the internet, and it's funny that we're talking about graduation, sometimes we show up and we're like, oh, please make this speech short. And on the internet there's it <laughs> kind of cracks me up and they're like, if anybody wants to invite me to a second grade um, choir concert, I will meet you there. Like it was some sort of like it was such a good play on like how we get so annoyed when we have to go to like the you know, elementary school choir, who knows, band concert. And yet now we're like, can somebody please take me to the DMV and take me to the second grade choir concert where they all play the (laughs) recorder, please? (laughs) just to get me out of the house because we have a new sense of grace too of like we have such a need for connection within our communities and you know like you were saying just about being with your you know your kids parents and that connection of being like together for a graduation we'll never we're changed now and if we are smart about it we're changed for the better and yeah Maybe we are more feel fearful and aware of our own mortality, but I think that if we move forward with a sense of the human experience and our connection to everybody and our alignment, I think. Um, We're going to be healthier for it and live a more enriched life, which is, of course, good for our health. So now you can battle the next pandemic. So don't be afraid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about that and and talking about our health, so you went through quite a journey. I mean, any kind of cancer, but stage three cancer is certainly incredibly frightening, overwhelming, and the treatments are not pleasant. There's just no way to look at it to think that there's any positive experience that goes on except for maybe the relationships that are formed or the grace that you experience or whatever. Yeah. But so talk to me a little bit about practicing self care because that whether you are an entrepreneur, a stay at home mom, a small business owner, or the CEO of a
1: fortune 500 company, Mm -hmm. self care is important first of all I have I think that's a really great question because my I have a great my analogy is always you it's like being on the airplane and the lecture they give you is applicable throughout your life you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help others and when you are good to yourself and you, give yourself that oxygen whether it's through yoga or walking or music or dance or tennis or some sort of physical meditative movement which i think is very critical for your heart but also for your mental health is that is exercise is a mental mental choice more than it is a phys- physical is the byproduct mm-hmm. it is Physically look better, but mentally, emotionally, you by moving and take, you know doing something for yourself, carving out that me time, makes you a better person. It is biologic; it's biologic; it's um, energetic; it's it encompasses all parts of your mind, body, and soul. So, self care. People perceive it as being so selfish. It is the most selfless thing you do because if you don't take care of you, you cannot show up for everyone else as your best self. It is impossible. Mm-hmm. So by looking at it, reframing it, and realizing, you know what, if I don't carve out this time and take myself for a walk, I am going to rip everybody's head off today. <laughs> is. Right? I am going to be a nasty person without it because endorphins are real and it's a, it's a natural medication. So yes, self-care is, I, it should be called self-care self uh, selfless care because you really are giving your best to everyone else everyone knows after you come back from a 30 minute walk or a 30 minute jog or a 30 minute yoga and everyone you know everyone talks about an hour i mean please you want to get discouraged stop asking yourself for an hour a day give yourself 20 minutes give yourself whatever and It's so that's my thing with self-care. And then I'm gonna say I just wanna say one more thing and then we'll we can go on. Right now during this lockdown for COVID. I do this family fitness for 15 and everyone's like, why do you do 15 when you need to do at least 30 minutes a day? I'm like, because once I get people moving for 15 minutes, it turns into an hour. If it turns into two hours, you know, it always turns into more than what you started. So um, it's a psychological game of like, when I don't feel like riding the Peloton, I'm always like, well, let me just go listen to music. I'll just, I'll sit on the Peloton. And I'll listen to music because I love their music, mm-hmm. and I'll do five minutes, and then I'll go back. You know, you know what happens. All of a sudden, like you know, uh, what's his name? Dennis is like jamming some indie tune, and he's like talking about this, and he's like <laughs> giving me something. And I'm like, oh, that's it. Game on, Dennis. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, it's 45 minutes later, and I'm like in a sweat. So. I think self-care is the most selfless thing you can do. I think dialing it down to something that's more bite-sized is 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And if it comes if an hour happens, it's bonus, but please don't put that pressure on yourself, but know that it is the, an act of self selflessness.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. And I've, I've always said you really can't truly love someone else unless you love yourself and that, yeah, you can't care for anyone else unless you care for yourself. Because if your tank is empty, you don't have any energy left to give to anyone else. So you have to feel yourself Mm -hmm. first. Yeah, you can't draw from an empty well. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so let's talk about your pivot because your world was rocked, turned completely upside down. And Mm -hmm. instead of going back to where you were before you gave up your business to work in your ex-husband's business and be a stay-at-home Mom mm-hmm. and caregiver, you completely chose something new, and it, yes. what you're doing now is so stinking fun. So, and I have so huh. many questions because I want to know first of all how you made the decision to do what you're doing, and then after you tell us that, I want to ask you how. You got into this, so just answer the first question first, and then we'll get into details. Okay, I
1: won't, and then you'll remind me because I I, like, yes. sometimes I'm like Drew Barrymore in Fifty First Dates. This is post chemo, where I literally can't retain stuff, but it's okay because I said, you know, if I got through chemo, I would get through anything. You know, to answer your question, what made me pivot and what kind of inspired me to to grab the bull by the horns when was when I was in chemo and there are blessings from cancer and chemo. And anybody will tell you that like your, your lens becomes so much clearer and I was in the middle of chemo and I was about four months into it and I was struggling. Um, Like I said, chemo and I were not, we were not as hardy as I think I am. Chemo brought me to my knees and I had this moment where I was like, I'm not getting through this. And I thought if this is where my story ends, if this is the end of my book, and how are my kids going to remember me? And how? what is my legacy? What is my story? How are people going to reflect upon who I was in this world? And I looked at the things that I really hoped were going to be remembered by my children and my family and my friends and the things I was most proud of. And I had a few things that stuck stuck out. Number one was I put myself through college. and Number two, I started a business when I was in my 20s. And the other thing was in, 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 when I was a stay-at-home mom, I had launched this philanthropy initiative and kind of just really pulled upon my old colleagues and ended up raising you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for humanitarian work with Operation Smile and I got a humanitarian award. And as I'm kind of reflecting on these milestones in my life, I thought each time I wanted to quit and each time I questioned myself. And every time I questioned myself in this, you know, pursuit of whether it was college or a career or raising money, I always thought to myself, if I don't do this, I can't take care of my brother with special needs. So when I wanted to quit college, I said, if I quit college, how am I going to take care of him? And when I got into the workforce, I thought, well, if I just take a job and I get paid $30,000 a year, how the hell am I going to be able to take care of Steven? And I always was afraid of him being institutionalized. So I ended up choosing these opportunities where my work would be regarded, like the harder I worked, the more money I could make. And I ended up kind of always thinking bigger and bolder and like, like, who was I at 23 to do this? But why not me? Because I had to. And when I thought about quitting because I thought I was a lunatic and I was a lunatic because I was working like a crazy lady and I had no idea what I was doing other than reading success books, you know, I would literally feed my brain, you know, books on success and how do you become, I'm going to study the art of success. And I I read everything. It was like, I I was like a sponge for, you know, uh, Tony Robbins anyway, and all of those type of books, you know, um, choice and...
0: Are you a businesswoman or entrepreneur who is transitioning into something new, into the second phase? Are you trying to figure out how to create an audience, how to grow a presence online? But you are stuck on the tech and the how-to. You have no idea how to attract new clients into this business. Don't worry. I am going to give you the exact blueprint on how to connect and grow your audience and attract more clients. during this brand marketing strategy call, we are going to go through the six pillars of success for your brand. This includes but is not limited to online marketing, storytelling, relationship building, differentiation, visual branding, and genuine networking. Sit with me for an hour and let's transform your brand strategy. Or do you learn better in a group environment Join me along with five other women just like you and collaborate and mastermind together in one of my popular mini brand mastermind sessions. In two one-hour sessions, each one of you will get 15 minutes with with me personally, along with a learning opportunity with each of your peers. We will go through each of the six pillars of brand marketing success, and I will help you strategize in all of the areas mentioned before. The next mini mastermind session starts May 6th. Here's what a mini mastermind looks like. We will meet for two one hour sessions. Three of you will go each week. I will personally guide you through high level brand marketing strategies. I will then open up at the end of each session, 15 minutes for Q and A. And you will also have access to the private Facebook group to ask me questions at any time. In the Facebook group, you'll also have opportunities to network, to grow your referral source, and have accountability partnerships. This can be a great option for those of you who want to save money but have the desire to elevate your brand. To learn more about either program, visit my website. You can find the brand strategy sessions at www.RobinGrahamPhotography.com slash brand hyphen marketing hyphen strategy hyphen session or go to shop on my website that's photography forward slash shop and there you will find the mini mastermind sessions and you can register i look forward to working with you
1: in that reflection in any, and even launching this philanthropy campaign, it was always like, well, what about Steven? And what about Steven? And Stephen needs you to do this. And the Stevens of the world need you to do this. And this is what, and I thought, wow, thank God I had Stephen to take care of because otherwise I would have quit every single thing. And he was always this pivot, like this point of like, no quit for me. And in that, in that same moment, I realized something very profound that brings us here today. was this whole time I thought I was taking care of Stephen when it was always Stephen taking care of me. And what I mean by that is Stephen gave me the greatest gift anybody could be given, and that's the gift of purpose. And because I had such great purpose in this life to take care of my brother, who could never take care of himself, I could never quit. I could never throw in the towel. I always had to find a way. I you know as Marie Florio said, everything is figure outable, I had that kind of mindset that her mother taught her was I have to figure this out and I had no quit and no back door and when I had that realization that this wasn't me helping Stephen, it was Stephen helping me, I was very humbled and I came to this vow to the universe, which was, I got it. I hear what you're trying to teach me and what I, the message was received. And I said, listen, you get me out of this chemo, you get me out of this cancer universe and whoever you are out there that has the great magical powers, whatever you subscribe to, I will do better. And I will use my voice and use the gifts that I've been given to speak for others. I will do what you, what we're all supposed to do. And that's to live a life of purpose. Um, and it's really been a driving force for me. It's, uh, gotten me out of the fetal position, which I think, um, probably a lot of people are in right now as small businesses are being compromised due to, uh, you know, the pandemic and the shutdown of businesses. Um, I think realigning with your purpose and serving others, is What's going to get you out of that fetal position and get you off the floor and get you to stop kicking rocks Kick your rocks get your fetal position get your cry out and then get up because humanity is counting on you to do better So I think that's where you're meeting That is where you're meeting me today and what led me to media and led me to a bigger stage and a bigger audience and a bigger like using my voice in a bigger way because I always say, like, even through, you know, colon cancer or through like Operation Smile, which is where I did the humanitarian work, I can't go perform surgeries. Okay. I I'm not I'm not gonna fix your cleft lip. I'm not gonna fix your cleft palate. I am not gonna perform your colonoscopy. <laughs> but you know what I can do is I can serve in other ways. Mm-hmm. I have a big mouth and I am not afraid to be on camera. I'm not afraid to talk. I'm not afraid to talk and ask. I'm not afraid of anybody. So, um, I think it's a matter of finding what our gifts are and how we serve and help others. So when I got to the other side of cancer, I was like, all right, universe, what do you need me to do? And I realized I needed to build a bigger, a bit. I needed to be on a bigger, I needed more eyeballs. I needed more people. And I didn't really know. I still am in a process of like I call it um, moving fast and breaking things. It's taken from Rachel Hollis repeated it and you can hear, I listen to a lot of people that are very inspiring, you know, Marie Floria, Rachel Hollis, Tony Robbins. I, I, I do a lot of, I feed my brain all the good stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm the same
1: way. There's, there's never a day. I'm not listening to a
0: podcast or reading a a book, whether it's personal development, business development. But I think, you know, as you're, as you're talking, I'm listening to you, you know, talk about purpose and we all have purpose and we all have gifts. Your gifts is your voice and your ability to be in front of people and even crave a larger platform where, you know, people like me, I don't necessarily want to be on a stage, but (laughs) I love to build relationships. And I, and, but my whole point in saying this is that we all have that purpose and it's a matter of finding it but then yes. not just finding it, applying it and using it and doing things with the gifts that we've been given to fulfill that purpose.
1: There's no question about it. And, you know, there's two things there, like with Rachel, you know, with Rachel Hollis and all these other, you know, these, these great people that can really feed your, feed your mind with her quote was moving fast and breaking things. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. It's like, I'm just kind of going for it and I'm putting it out there and finding your own, You know, knowing what your purpose is, your purpose is, it's one answer. It's your purpose is to serve and in whatever capacity that that is for you. Again, another book that it's called the seven spiritual laws of success. And I read it 150 years ago. I mean, honestly, I was in my twenties. I don't even know if I was able to drink at that point legally, but I remember reading it. And one of the laws is the law of Dharma, which is you have your own unique gift and how you use it is really your pathway to living a fulfilling life. And that's always resonated with me. Um, Oprah Winfrey, I had an opportunity to ask her a question and she said the same thing. Like, you know, don't a success is a byproduct of living in service. And I think when you go into that space, especially even now as we're going through this, you know, pandemic, like how can you serve and help others? And let me tell you something if your service right now is sitting at home and binge watching Netflix and not going out in public, you are living with purpose. I think sometimes we have this grandiose expectation like you have to go on the Today Show to have purpose. You don't listen. That's my jam. Like I I don't think that's for everyone. Everyone doesn't belong on or even needs to be on television. Um, I don't belong in an operating room. Okay. (laughs) that's not my way of living in service and my living in purpose. But, you know, I think that if everybody just can dial it down to the smallest level, like the smallest things that you do every single day, living in living of service and living with purpose and sometimes down to the smallest thing, like we talked about now, because of what we have have everything taken away and we can't get even the most basic things right now. You know, I can't get a cell phone fixed right now. I can't get my nails done. I can't, you know, we're in quarantine. I can't get my Starbucks. I will never, ever not look somebody in the eye and thank them for their service. And that's my way of living now with uh, in, in a higher vibration and a, a greater calling. And I think you know it's important to share that because some people then are going to hear this and be like, Oh my God, I, I, I don't live with enough purpose. You do. You live in purpose with this, like success lies in the details. And if today you can go out and thank your garbage man, thank your gardener, Thank your, you know, I don't know who, who serves you today. Is it somebody who bags your groceries? Is it somebody who picks you? I don't know. How do you look them in the eye and thank them for being a part of your life? So start on the small level and let it extrapolate out. And, um, you know, for me right now, it's, I think my purpose is to share my journey of, um, rebuilding a second act and throwing it out there and like, like I said, moving fast and breaking things. Um, and going for it, going out on TV and being like, no, I always really did want to be on the today show. I- <laughs> so I want to know. So I'm, I'm envisioning
0: myself as you're talking about, you know, your purpose and being on the today show. And I'm envisioning myself. I want to be on the today show. Actually, yeah. I want to be on the Ellen show. That's where I want okay, to be. Yeah, but I, I c- I'm envisioning myself on my knees, begging on the door, crying, let me in. I just want to be there. <laughs> How in the world did you make it from not being in that world, not being a journalist, not being a broadcast yeah. journalist? How in the world did you make
1: it to <laughs> this stage, so to speak? Right. You know, I think I, a little bit of serendipity a little bit of luck and a little bit of like life's preparation I've always been I have been a public speaker Um, I, I did it for operation smile I did it for when I was in sales I put myself out there so I've kind of been training for it even though it wasn't directly in that field but where I think what everybody is always asking is you fell out of the sky I literally fell out of the sky and went right on the today show my first booking was on the today show in lifestyle and entertainment. So I was scrolling on Instagram and I kept saying this woman, Amy Rosenblum, who was always on, like she would have people. And then she, I couldn't tell what she did, but she was always on like the today show and Rachel Ray and all the New York programs. Ellen is in California and um, all the New York programs, New York life. And I'm like, who is this woman? What does she do? And I kind of just dug a little deeper and she was a media trainer and I wrote her name down. And I was too afraid to call because In my generation, I'm 46 years old. I was born in 73. You don't call somebody and say, I saw you on Instagram and wanted to see if we could connect. It's like the most awkward transition, although it is very, it is now very commonplace. If you put yourself on Instagram as a business and then you put your business out there, that's how you contact them. Okay. I just listened, was coming out of chemo. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I called her and serendipitously, she's like, you sound great. She Googled me. I had a very strong, I was fortunate because I had a strong Google search through my Operation Smile work, my charity work. She goes, oh, you do public speaking. I'm like, yeah, I'll talk in front of anybody long story short, she's like, I do media training. I'll train you if you want to go on TV. And if I, if you're good, I can see if I can book you. She trained me all summer. And at the end of the summer, she goes, I'm going to put you on the Today Show. She had been a former producer at the Today Show for years. She's a big deal in the television industry. I ended up finding serendipitously like the big deal in New York. Um, she is an unbelievable media trainer. Um, but she won't just put anyone on TV. So she is definitely, you want to learn how to be on television. She's your person. And if you've got a thick skin and you're open to learn, um, she's the only person to go to, in my opinion. Um, she was not like, she wasn't easy. She was like, you know, I had to do mock trainings and mock setups and all this other stuff. And it took me, you know, it took me a good six months, I think, to train with her. I can't remember. I met her in May, maybe four months. It um, was probably four months, and then she threw me on the Today Show. But she's a woman. She's been. She has been around. She knows. She knows what she's doing. I just happen to be very lucky. I think I will sit, share this fun story and. My brother, my brother with special needs is Steven. I have three brothers. I have a twin brother, Ben, and I have younger twin brothers, Michael and Steven. My mom's a triplet, so it's a, in the family. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Yeah. So that's the dynamic. But my, my younger brother, Steven, is the one with special needs. Steven's favorite person in the world for like, I don't know, 20 years was Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers was Amy Rosenbloom's, one of Amy Rosenblum's best friends before she passed. And oh I gosh. think if we believe in higher powers and the universe and energy, I don't know what we all believe in. And it's not for me to judge or determine what is real or not real. Joan Rivers sent me to Amy Rosenblum and Amy Rosenblum put me on TV. <laughs> I love
0: that. Isn't there like so much karma in that? Like there's yeah. so much. You know, um, it's funny that you say that because in my life's experience, there have been so many instances like that where you can connect yeah. the dots, and it, there's got to be something to it.
1: Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, Stephen, who I like, really has gotten me out of the fetal position and off the floor and stop, and gets me from giving up. He always – he gives me no quit. Um, you know, in I just think, like, the fact that he worshipped um, – Joan Rivers for years. He's very into Wendy Williams now, and he went through a Wilma Flintstone stage. But regardless, (laughs) uh, you know, I do think um, it's really, it's just really interesting that uh, he loved Joan Rivers. So I think Joan Rivers is uh, maybe has, has some good karma for me. I don't know. That's awesome. All right. So
0: what would you say to someone who's contemplating going into their second phase? They're hesitant. They think, oh, I'm too old or I don't have the
1: skills or I don't know what I would do. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? Um, I would say I completely identify with all of those feelings. Um, I was, when I went on the jam, which you saw like a couple weeks ago, as I'm like gearing up and getting ready to do this, these zoom calls that none of us know how to do. And we have never did it. You know, I don't know. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm 46 years old. I have all those thoughts that go through my head. Why, why, why? And then, you know what? I just take those voices. I put them off to the side and I just, I, I go for the little things. Like I set realistic, small, bite-sized goal, like, all right, Barbara, just go on the just go show up for the jam today. And after that, you can quit. You know, like after that. But what ends up happening is that when you put yourself in gear and you put yourself in motion and you get yourself away from those thoughts and in motion you're not gonna quit. It's like getting on the bike. It's getting out there for the walk. It's lie, lie to yourself sometimes. Lie to yourself that you're just gonna go and walk for five minutes. You're just gonna go sit on the Peloton and listen to music. You're just gonna dance for five minutes. Like get yourself in motion because it's the law of inertia. Like a body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest stay at rest. So I think it's just a matter of like, don't think, like think big, but act small. You know, just, okay, just do the one small act today and keep yourself in motion. And that's going to temper those negative thoughts, you know? Okay, stop trying to lose 45 pounds. All you need to do is go for a five five minute walk. That's it. That's all I want, you know, take it into bite-sized chunks Yes, negative thoughts are going to come in there, but maybe, you know what, turn on the tutorial for five minutes if you're trying to learn a new language, learn a new art, learn how to use Zoom, how to, you know, spruce up your, I don't know what you're doing. You know, who's ever listening? I don't know what you are pursuing, but think big and act small. And that means take five minutes today, 10 minutes Turn on a, after you listen to this podcast, (laughs) turn on a (laughs) uh, YouTube tutorial. um, Get in motion. That's all I can say is about, about, that is my only answer. Get in motion. Just like I did the other day. Honestly, I, I had such negative self talk. It was like some, you know, that old, that old, that person that is like, it almost wants to remind you and build your thick skin was like, Barbara, you're 46 years old. This is a young person's game. What are you doing? Nasty. Na- rude. I was like, you are na-. after I did the call, I was like, you are so rude because I just nailed that show. So you can go ahead and you don't have any, you know, it's like, this is a self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. This- I'm like, okay, back off negative self-talk because I just crushed it and you suck. So, you know, go ahead and uh, exit stage left. So yeah. Think big, act small. Yeah.
0: I love that. And I, it's, It's true. Once we take a step forward, it's harder Mm -hmm. to go backwards or it's harder to stay stagnant. Once you get a feel for that power and positive energy with moving forward, it's much harder to stand still.
1: Oh, for sure. So if you want to go, like if you, you talk about going on the Ellen show and that's a great visual. Well, you know what? Start by you know, doing media training or you can even go online. There's some great online tutorials and then you practice and then you really pretend or put yourself out there and you will know as you're moving in that direction, what you love and what you want. And you're going to find out so much about you in the journey towards what you want and you might be surprised maybe that wasn't what you wanted but this is and the journey alone is um is exhilarating and it's it like builds cells in your body that are positive so yeah take those small steps take momentum and 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 don't be afraid to invest in yourself because at the end of the day
0: we have to invest in ourselves in one way shape or form or another right oh 100 believe in you i'm even if that investment is time and not money, sometimes it takes mm-hmm. both time and money, but you have to be willing to invest in yourself to be
1: able to. Yeah. No better place to put, you know, put your, and time is your biggest, your, your most valuable commodity is your time. Yeah. And putting time into yourself and self-development is really a great investment and feeding your mind. Like on this show alone, even in this conversation, I think I mentioned like three different people that I really follow or four different, you know, books or, um, inspiring leaders, you know, whether it was Marie Florio, Rachel Hollis or, um, Rick Bettino's books are very good. Tony Robbins, um, Deepak Chopra was the seven spiritual laws of success. And If you're hearing that, if that was what, this is what I tune into to feed my mind, to get that's momentum, that's investment in me. Um, and you've got to find out what you read some book here, whatever your track is in your journey, Try to find somebody that inspires you, read their book, read their journey, and your journey is going to be different, but it's going to give you insight to momentum. Momentum is key.
0: You know, on your website, you have the phrase, online community united in personal growth, purpose, and authenticity.
1: Yes. And
0: you didn't even intentionally mention each specific thing, but all three of those things have been Mm -hmm. the core of our conversation today.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. Yes. What I'm looking to do is like meet people that are really looking to move forward with integrity, authenticity, you know, ambition. Like all the there's so many words, there's so many adjectives. Um because I think that again is um building a movement and a collection of people that are really just we want to do better. We we all have our own mortality. Maybe that's what COVID's trying to teach us. Like we don't know what, and maybe that's what cancer taught me. I don't. Why do we have to be confronted with our own mortality to to really take life um, and live it to our best and take these risks and these chances and believe in ourselves? Listen, the universe puts you here to do something, and do and do it well and li- and be be happy. It doesn't mean we're gonna like walk around with rainbows and unicorns all the time, but um, yeah, no, I, I love you know, I, I love that you brought that up. Um, I love aligning with people that are, uh, looking to just live a great life and live with purpose and find their purpose and live it out. Yeah, I
0: do too. It, I think it's very inspiring and motivating and all of those positive things. Good. So from a media perspective, yeah, do you have one big tip you could leave the listeners with
1: Um, if my listener was interested in getting into media, getting on television is of course doing media training. Um, but if you do just all of a sudden, if the camera is thrown on you, let's say that, right. Mm -hmm. If the camera is just thrown on you and it's like, they found you in the street and here's your moment, what are you going to do with it? It's like that woman who was walking. Did you see that thing where the woman's walking through the subway and the guy's like finished this song and it's an Adele song and she just like crushes it. Was it an Adele song? I don't even know. It was a song i think it was an adele song yeah and and then she ended up on the ellen show like the mic was thrown in her face and she didn't hesitate she was like yo you want me to sing i will sing and the woman killed it it was like chills i loved seeing that it was really awesome um i will say when the mic goes just get to the point you know i think that's what people like if people want to get into media they want to get into the camera Get to your story, get to the meat and potatoes, and um, say it succinctly, and then, you know, end scene kind of thing. Um, but, you know, again, you know, go. Well, and, you
0: know, you're saying that, and I think you, we hear all the time about the elevator speech. Yes. And if you are someone that's in business or wanting to start a business, you have to be 100% clear on what that is, and what your mission is, and what your purpose mm-hmm. is, and who your audience is. So, recite that, you know, let that be your mantra so that if you're thrown into that position, you immediately can say exactly what you do, who you serve. And there's no question from the the audience or whoever's listening to that conversation when that mic was just thrown in front of you.
1: Absolutely. And then yeah, go online. There's so many great media trainers out there. I mean, you can reach out to Amy, um, for sure. She's actually doing uh, media training through Skype or FaceTime now, through this experience, she's actually, she's very popular. She's very good. So if that's something, I, I think she's not cheap, but she is unbelievable. Well, there we go. That investment in ourselves again, right? Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: 100%. All right. So you have given us A plethora of books and authors and motivational speakers to Mm -hmm. read and listen to. So I'm not even going to ask you about that, about a book recommendation. But what about a favorite quote? Do you have a a favorite quote or a mantra you live by?
1: Um, Right now, and they always change. It's never just one thing. But right now, my mantra is, when you can't control the wind, adjust your sails. And I'm probably butchering that, but you get my point. Mm -hmm. You can't control the wind, but you can adjust your sails. And that is exactly what everyone needs to hear right now and always through any sort of adversity, not just through COVID, not just through, just any time in our life, things are going to be thrown at you and you're going to panic and you're going to be, you thrown off your game. You're going to be thrown off course. Like any ship, when the winds change, you have to adjust the sails. You cannot control the ocean, learn how to surf. It's the same thing of pivot, take a deep breath. How can you serve? How can you use your business in this time? pivot, change, adjust your sales, because there's so many people out there with businesses, they have to figure out how to, how to survive, but not just for themselves, but for the people around them. And I'm talking about the, you know, they're all in a leadership position. Um, So I think that quote right now is something that we really need to um, really uh, metabolize ourselves, like really Mm -hmm. take on. Yeah, I agree.
0: Well, Barbara, it has been such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And this was a lot of fun. So thank How you. How can people find
1: you if they want to connect with you or learn more about you? Um, it's Barbara Majeski. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or Barbara com, and you can find, uh, my podcast, which is called bearing it all. And it's on all sorts of, uh, platforms, but just Google me. You'll find, you'll get all the skinny. You'll get to see pictures of my kids, my ex-husband. All sorts <laughs> <of them. laughs> so that's how you find me. A good Google search will be entertaining for a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's a wrap friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. Ratings and reviews are what give life to podcasts and help others find us. And before you go, have we connected on Instagram yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Find me at the Robin Graham. Take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in your stories so that I can find you too. You can also find me on Facebook at Robin Graham Photography and on LinkedIn as Robin Graham. Please spread the word about the Second Phase podcast. And until next time, remember to smile.